Welcome back to the Rebel Alliance Media Podcast. As always, in the studio, we have the post-mill pirate, P-Nate. <laughs> I like that nickname. I think I'm going to keep calling you that. I, I do like the nickname. We, we, I can't imagine it'll stick, though. I, I'm going to make it stick. All right, all right. We, For our listeners, they don't realize that that was on the short list of names for this whole podcast, the post-mill post pirates. Post-mill pirates, that's true. It's Let true. us know in the comments on this video if you would rather us be named the post-mill pirates. Yeah, and we'll, if not... And we'll just start from scratch. We'll start over. Whole new podcast. We'll switch sides. Yeah. It'll be great. Anyway, but for I'm- now, we are the Rebel <laughs> Alliance. And uh, we are proud members of the Berean Media Network. It's a uh, group of four different podcasts that uh, push each other's content, support one another, uh, sharpen one another. And uh, that group consists of the Layman's Cup podcast, comes out on Mondays. Front Pew podcast comes out on Mondays as well for our doubleheader. We're hitting you on Wednesdays, and then the Two Thieves come out Thursday-ish, uh, and that's the Two Thieves podcast. But uh, we've been really encouraged by our friends in the BMN, not only in the content that they've been pushing, which we uh, enjoy and have been uh, challenged by, but also just in the the friendships and the fellowship that uh, has developed through that partnership. A lot of the backstage conversation is is good. Every once in a while, you don't, if you don't look at your phone uh, throughout the day, you got, you have a hundred messages to catch up on by the end of the day. Between 9 a.m. and 11:30 on Tuesday, I had 164 messages yeah. from that network. Yeah, it's craziness. Yeah, it's, it's outrageous. It's outrageous. We need an get intern. jobs, boys. Once again, we need an intern. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to apply for the internship, yeah. it's free. Uh, the two thieves are also hiring. Apparently, hiring is that the right word for a free internship? <laughs> yeah, looking for free help is is the is the correct looking one. for free help and sponsors. Anyway, <laughs> so uh, so this is something cool. So last week we uh, we rebooted. You like that? I do like that. Our, uh, I like rebooted that. our conversation with Dr. Joe Boot and just kind of uh, talked a little bit about what he had taught us about Christianity in the public sphere. And, uh, and interestingly, Dave, uh, the uh, Wetsy, the, uh, the third rebel that you don't always hear from, who's uh, behind the scenes making us sound good, uh, he sent us an interview. Uh, it was a local radio interview by a guy named Andrew Lawton. And uh, he had a guest on and they were talking about, essentially they were talking about whether or not Christianity and whether or not people's uh, faith, belief, and practice should uh, work its way into the public space, uh, which is exactly what we were talking about. And and essentially they said that it shouldn't. Um, The guest he had on uh, specifically was um, advocating for a view where everybody has their private beliefs in in the privacy of their own homes and lives. Uh, but then when it comes to education and politics and, and public practice, that we shouldn't take our, our faith out there with us, mm-hmm. which is directly against what we talked about in the episode that we dropped last week. So it was, it was interesting. So we've reached out to Andrew and uh, and see if he wants to maybe come on and, and dialogue a little bit because uh, we think that's a big issue. Yeah, so feel free to spam his Facebook, Twitter, <laughs> yeah. Instagram with Go on Rebel Alliance. Yeah, that'd be great. That would be fantastic. Let's get that trending yeah, yeah. on Rebel Alliance. Uh, but trending. last week's episode got a lot of traction, so it seems like there's a lot of people who are wondering what their faith looks like in the public square and hopefully uh, we'll keep having that conversation in weeks to come yeah and we we do like engaging with you guys we actually got a question from one of our listeners this week um, that we're going to answer right now really quickly Um, the question was do we have guardian angels and so I think this is birthed out of the like Again, people spotting the lie in culture, right? There's yeah. a lot of movies, Cinderella for one, where there's a guardian angel who's looking after you. Isn't that a fairy and godmother? <laughs> fairy, little... Is that a fairy godmother? <laughs> yeah, that's a fairy know. godmother. What's well, Cinderella? Still, yeah. 
It's, yeah. Whatever. Same thing. Same thing. Yeah. But there's. But lots you're of right. Them. That's kind of where that that comes from. So I would say, uh, biblically, there's no there's no biblical evidence that would suggest that we each have a guardian angel. Um, we see angels that uh, take on various forms and do different things. Uh, we see angels being protective. Uh, in the book of Daniel, we see that there is some sort of angel that uh, was assigned to a specific geographic location. Uh, but there's nothing in scripture that would uh, suggest that we each have a guardian angel that's sort of assigned to us. Yeah, that that's the real answer. But like, let's pretend for a minute. Wait, wait. wait. So I would just say this because this just came to mind and I think it's fun. I would, I would just think of, think of angels role. So it doesn't mean that angels aren't there protecting you in terms of, uh, you know, I'm not taking that away from anybody. We don't really know, but I would say that angels protection over God's people is more zone defense and not man to man. (laughs) Does that make sense? (laughs) Yeah. I love that. I love the reference. Yeah. I thought you'd like that. It's a cover too. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So our our American listeners know what I'm talking about there. So, not so much a Canadian. No, no, they don't. I don't know what they call it in hockey because I don't watch hockey. But that's no, you don't. Anyway, if you had to have a guardian angel, though, so like, pick anybody fictional who could who would be your guardian angel. That person, and you can't like Jesus juke here and be like, no, Jesus. no Jesus juke. Yeah, okay, uh, no picking a real angel either. So, Yoda, obviously, Yoda's the answer. It'd be fun interacting with him because he always talks backwards. He's obviously super powerful. He has the force. Yoda. He could also give me uh, words of wisdom when I need them, not just physical protection. Eh? Would, eh? would that be prophecy? No, no, no. <laughs> Don't let the thieves hear you say that. <laughs> Yoda's, Yoda's a good answer. I'm not sure I'd be able to understand him. Yeah, that's fair. Because like, he does talk backwards. And he would always be saying like, whenever I'm like doing something that I'm failing at, he'd be like, well, Pooty, there is no try. There, <laughs> do or do not. Do, there do, is no try. Yeah, that's, I couldn't even get the quote right. So I, don't, I wouldn't pick him, but I'd go on the same theme as you. I'd pick Obi-Wan Kenobi. Mm. One, we've already seen that he can be a, like sort of in the presence, but not like real because he's shown up as a force ghost everywhere for Luke. Right. I already know he'd die for me because he laid down his life for Luke, right? Right. Very, very biblical principle right there. Just laid it down. Yeah. And sweet beard. So he's clearly reformed. Yep. Yeah, that's fair. Where's the robes? Where's like the robes? Robe. Like he's got a monk. He looks like a Luther. Yep. Probably brewed his own beer because he's living on Tatooine all these years. That's a good point. That like, is a good point. Probably. Making and, his own mead in the, in the caves of Tatooine. <laughs> Just making his own brew. Uh, like funny. he's probably a great guy. Yeah. Like, and he's kind of been, you know, he's been there. He's done that. But he's still kind of like, you know, tough and all that stuff. So I'm going, I'm going Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Right, who's probably enough. my favorite character in Star Wars anyway. Really? Obi-Wan? I'm, Obi-Wan? Obi-Wan is mm. not, not only the best character in Star Wars, in my opinion, the best character, period. I'm shocked you like him. You would put him above Han Solo. Han, I feel Han, like Han's your boy. Han is my boy. He's great. I love Han. He shot first. Uh, but Obi-Wan is like, he's like what Star Wars, like he's the first Jedi you see. He's the first, ever, like he's, mm. he's the mm. reason I continued to watch these movies he's the intrigue and then you go back clone wars you know the the uh, prequels there's gonna be a kenobi movie i've read the kenobi books kenobi's the man and he's got a sweet name obi-wan yeah that is a sweet name i agree if only i could change my name to kenobi i don't know do you think the age should go for no i don't think she would chris kenobi that sounds sweet though that does sound sweet 
Start a poll on Facebook. <laughs> if we raise a thousand dollars, you will legally change your I name. I will legally change my name. If somebody Kenobi. pays for our subscriptions to uh, to SoundCloud and <laughs> our domain names that are coming we, due soon, we make it sound like we're like the destitute. Be like, if you know, sponsors. Uh, it's getting there. It's getting there. <laughs> it's getting pretty bad. <clears throat> okay, so uh, are, are you excited I mean, for Star Wars now? Uh, yeah, I'm super stoked. So I thought here's here's what I thought. So last week we talked a little bit of Star Wars. And I, we realize that not all our listeners uh, are into Star Wars, right? We, they, they, they stick around for the theology. They stick around for our, our, uh, our cultural commentary or whatever. But we want to help those people because sanctification is a process. And we want you to like Star Wars as much as we do. So here's what we're going to do. Uh, the Star Wars fans will like this. Um, but those of you who aren't Star Wars fans, we're going to take some time in the next couple of weeks because the new Star Wars comes out soon to tell you why you should care about Star Wars. So I'm going to put you on the spot first, Chris. Why should our listeners who don't currently care about Star Wars actually care about Star Wars? It, we, we've talked a lot about Hollywood over the last couple weeks. Yeah. There's tons of bad things going on. Yeah. Star Wars is, is one of those movies you can actually sit down with your family, watch. To the best of my knowledge, I cannot recall a curse word a scene of nudity, right. even really any kind of gore in the movies. You can sit down and watch this movie. Because people's wounds get cauterized by the lightsabers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and like the stormtroopers don't actually hit anything. <laughs> yeah, they just um, fire into midair. Exactly. So you can sit down with your whole family and enjoy it as just what it is. Right. A, a fun ex- adventure, which is make-believe, which is clearly make-believe. So yeah. you can sit down and just watch that as a family. That's one reason I think... Even if it, even if science fiction is not your thing, Star Wars is something you should be getting behind because it's when we talk about what we want to see in movies and in TV that aren't overly explicitly religious or biblical or anything like that. Star Wars is a great example of what of what this medium can be. Just something right. that's entertaining. Right. Sit down, watch it, enjoy it as a family. Right. I'm, some of my best memories as a kid is sitting down with my uncles. And my cousins and just watching episode yeah. one, two, or I guess four, five, and six at that at yeah. that point. No, I, I agree with you. Like, uh, wh- that was one of our favorite things to do. Like, if my dad had a full day off and he got to spend the whole th- day with us or whatever, oftentimes we'd go, go out and play sports or we'd, you know, want him to go hiking or whatever. But it was always like, if we, if we got to choose on those special, you know, weekends, maybe mom was away or whatever, and we just got to hang out with my dad, that was like... And then at night we want to watch the trilogy, and of course we'd, we'd always like fall asleep, you know, partway through the the second one or something like that. Yeah, you'd but, get just past the Battle of Hoth, and then yeah, you're yeah, <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah. So I would agree with you there. And then I'll I'll so I'll piggyback on your answer, um, and and just say another reason you should care about Star Wars is because in this good, clean fun of of the movies Star Wars is big themes that are worth talking to your family and friends about, right? So there, there are big themes of like good versus evil, but it's not just cut and dry, right? So you have like the fall of Anakin Skywalker and the turn to Darth Vader and then the, the, the turn back. And so, and you see people, even in the new ones, right? You see Kylo Ren who struggles with, am I good or am I bad? And, and, and some of those big themes of like, you know, am I the product of my environment? Like, will I become like my father, right? That was Luke's whole thing with Vader. Like there was, there's just so many big themes that you can pick up on that if, if you're good at spotting lies and you're good at spotting truth, 
then you can have very meaningful conversations with your kids about some of the big themes that are in this in this movie. So it's 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 a fun movie, it's an entertaining movie, but there are big themes behind it that are worth talking about. Yeah. And there's swords made of like laser fire. <laughs> yeah, that's which also like, pretty awesome. Every single one of our listeners who's a male, if you're if that doesn't excite you, if you didn't just be like, yeah, I would take a lightsaber. If you offered me the chance to use a lightsaber, you would take the lightsaber. Yeah. That's just that's just universal. If you're not, then I, I question a lot of things about you. As a <laughs> I have a super important question for you that I've never thought of until like literally 30 seconds ago. What's that? You have a young boy. Yeah. Judah. I didn't know if I could say his name on the on the air, but oh. we'll, we'll sort of, I don't know. Yeah. I don't, is that a thing? I don't know. If that's no, I think it's fine. Anyway. So J-Man, that's what I call him. It's getting to that age, four, five, when yep. he's going to start. Which order do you go? Do you start at episode four, mm, like ever, like we question. did? Yep. Or do you go all the way back to the prequels and start? And yeah. then go like actual chronologically. I'm glad you asked this. It's an important question. And I've thought a lot, of, a lot about it. I'm going to go chronological. So I'm, uh-huh. I'm going to show him. So as it stands right now, the first Star Wars movie he will ever watch will be Rogue One. No, that wouldn't be right. Yeah. Oh, oh. It'd be episode one. Right. I so you got to go all that. the way back. Okay, so I have thought about it because I thought that my answer was that the first show he would watch would be Rogue One. So I think I'm going to show him Rogue One and then go into the old trilogy and then show him because the first one can't be Phantom Menace. Well, that was my conclusion. It can't be Phantom Menace. So I feel like I have to start with Rogue One and then go back. I, I am, I am, I think, I think I wouldn't go with, I probably would go... Like I obviously I, this is this is why I don't have children right now. I can't answer this question, <laughs> um, but I would probably go episode four, episode five, episode six, and then go back prequel, like almost like release order. The the reason I think Rogue One is because it's a great movie. I, yeah, it it is a great movie, and I think it actually adds a lot to the overall story of the original trilogy, right? Like. Like that the Empire was so dense as to make, you know, a, a death machine with such a weak, such a bl- glaring weakness. Um, so it fills a plot hole. But on top of that, I think, I mean, he's obviously going to grow up like the shows he's going to watch. It might be hard for him to transition back to like the old special effects and the old acting and all that kind of stuff. So I think if you start him with that, with Rogue One and then move him into that, he'll have an appreciation for the story that started with something that he can kind of relate to that's technologically and, and visually appealing to him. Yeah, you I, you might be right, but see, my worry is that if you show him the, like, episode one, two, and three, which do have much better effects and f- yeah. lightsaber battles, and then you go and show him, like, A New Hope, it's going to look like they're going to, he's going to be like, well, this one isn't as quite as good. And that will just hurt me inside. Mm-hmm. If he's just like, that's true. You know, Empire that's Strikes true. Back was okay. I'll be yeah. like, I don't know if I love you anymore, son. <laughs> that's not true. Yeah. I still love him. I think. Great question. All right. I, question. Well, Judah's only six months. So, um, so basically we can, have like three years. Yeah. So we got out. some time to figure this out. So but, pray for uh, us. Yeah. And, and if there's any uh, parents out there who are battling with this right now, tell us what you decided and whether or not it went well. <laughs> <laughs> what do what Griggs did. Yeah, Griggs. That's a great question. Yeah, Griggs, if you're listening, uh, shoot us uh, a message or uh, or the, or come on sometime. Give us a shout. The, and, the, uh, the Rebels, given all the other podcasts good content, eh? Yeah. yeah. Like, just make That's a whole what we episode do. That's what we do. Go we ahead. Help. We help. <laughs> but speaking of other, co- uh, other podcasts informing content, see what I did there? That's a great transition. Um, Today's episode, today what we want to talk about is is kind of how you read your Bible. And uh, and this was really, 
this kind of came, uh, this idea came to us when we were listening to our friends over at the Layman's Cup, and they did an episode called You Are Not Philemon, uh, which I thought was a, a great title and a great episode, where they basically walked through uh, the book of Philemon and, and, and kind of talked about some of the traps that a lot of Christians fall into. And so we're, we're going to talk about that. So let me just uh, whet your appetite for their episode and then tell you to go listen to it if you haven't heard it. Um, they basically, so they set up the book of Philemon. Uh, for those of you who need a bit of a refresher, there's three characters in the, in the book of Philemon. There's Paul, who's obviously writing. Uh, he's writing it to Philemon. And uh, Onesimus is a runaway slave who belonged to Philemon, who ran away from Philemon, and in his running away, uh, ran into Paul, who was in Rome. Uh, uh, Philemon uh, led, uh, from what we understand, the, the, home, the church in Colossae. And so Philemon, or Onesimus was his, uh, his slave, his bondservant. He ran away. He, he bumped into Paul in Rome. Rome shared the gospel with him. Onesimus becomes a Christian, accepts Christ, and then the book of Philemon is written as Paul is writing a letter to Philemon, sending Onesimus back, since he's run away from Philemon, which is unlawful, and he's sending Onesimus back with the letter of Philemon to Philemon, and basically the the premise is um, that Paul is uh, urging Philemon to uh, accept Onesimus and to uh, embrace him as as a Christian brother. And the idea here is that uh, Philemon has the, uh, has the right to put Onesimus to death. Uh, from the context, we think that maybe Onesimus maybe stole something uh, of value of Philemon's and ran away with it to kind of fund his, his new life in hiding. And, uh, and so not only running away from Philemon, but whatever he did, whatever he stole, um, both those things would have been punishable by death. So in, if he was caught by the authorities, as opposed to running into Paul and getting converted, he would have been brought back to Philemon and Philemon would have had every right to put him to death. So what a lot of preachers do and what a lot of Christians do is they read this letter and they think, okay, well, what do we have to do here? Well, Paul is urging Philemon to forgive Onesimus for what he's done. So the, the context here is forgiveness. I'm Philemon. Who do I need to forgive, right? Who in my life do I need to forgive? And, and the, the layman did a really good job of kind of saying, no, this, this book is about Jesus, as every book in the Bible is, and this book tells the story, right? If Philemon is essentially God the Father, and you and I are Onesimus, the ones who uh, have a, a debt that we can't pay, who are under, uh, rightfully under uh, uh, the, the shadow of death, could be put to death for our treason, um, who has run away from their master, and Paul is the Christ character who comes in between us. And there's, there's this great line where Paul basically uh, says, receive him, talking to Philemon about Onesimus, receive Onesimus as you would receive me. And if he owes you anything, put it on my account. And that's, that's kind of the gospel in Philemon, is, is Jesus died in our place. Uh, our debt was transferred to his account. He paid for it. And, uh, and uh, Paul, the mediator between Philemon and Onesimus, is like Christ, the mediator between us and God. So there's the picture of the gospel in there. Um, so there you go. Plug the layman. Great episode. Um, and, and just help us uh, understand scripture a little bit more. And so what we were thinking is there's, we do this all the time, right? Absolutely. Like how many preachers and how many Christians do you know and, and we make ourselves the hero of the story, right? So we read David and Goliath. I'm David. 
where's the Goliath in my life that needs to be taken down? I have down? to slay the giant, I have right? to slay the giant, yeah. So we're just going to kind of walk through a couple of stories and show you how to read them with Christ at the center. And basically what we want to encourage you to do today is to read your Bible and make Jesus the hero, not yourself. Put Jesus at the center of the text. Don't put yourself at the center of the text. Is that is that a good intro for you there, Chris? I feel like we... we have explained it quite well. Okay. Also, and it just dawned on me that this is Paul's letter to Philemon or Philemon or however we say it today. Phil. Phil. Philemon. That's yep. how I always said it. <laughs> it's probably the first blog post. Like, you know, it's short. Paul just oh. <laughs> throwing it out there. It's his first blog post of all time. Gotcha. I thought that was brilliant. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, uh, okay. So let's, let's go through a couple of stories here. I already mentioned David. So um, what are some of the sermons you've heard on David and Goliath? Uh, some of the ways that Christians, so how do, how do Christians typically read that story? David and Goliath. Well, the one that, the one that we typically hear, right, is, is you're David, you're, you're loved by God. And there's something out there that's, you know, oppressing, oppressing you that you need to overcome, that you need to slay. And, you know, you're, you can overcome it because God is with you, which is really the story of David and Goliath. David beats the giant Goliath with a yeah. slingshot, obviously, because God is helping him. But that's what we have to do. We have to overcome this big obstacle in our life so that we can live the way God has, God has right. wanted us to live in our lives, which is not the case at all. Right. We're, but we're but the- <laughs> let's lean into it for a second because, I mean, we can preach this, right? <laughs> and and so we do, like this is how a lot of people read it, right? It's, um, okay, I'm David. And uh, there's a giant in my life, right? What is the giant in my life? Maybe it's, uh, maybe it's a difficult relationship. Maybe it's financial burdens. Maybe it's, um, you know, uh, coworkers who don't like me. Maybe it's unforgiveness. Whatever the case is, I've made a giant out of this thing in my life that's, that's not allowing me to be the man that, or, or woman that God wants me to be. And, uh, and so you go to the text where, you know, David said, uh, you know, uh, Goliath says, am I a dog that you come at me with a stick, right? And David's like, you know, basically, I'm paraphrasing here. He's like, actually, I do love the phrase when he's just like, you uncircumcised Philistine, which is just like such a great insult, right? Yeah, it, do- it doesn't work as much in public. No, no, it doesn't work I so tried. much anymore. But, but but you kind of read that and you're like, ooh, go get him, David. <laughs> um, but, uh, but and David says, you know, I come at you with the, with the power of the living God, essentially. And so we could preach this, right? So you need God to overcome the giant in your life. And what is the Goliath in your life? What is the giant in your life that's stopping you from being who God is calling you to be, right? Because this is also before David became king, right? So God wants David to be king. He got anointed, I think, the chapter before to be king. And now here he is. Here's the obstacle. Or... And, uh, and, and so what's the Goliath in your life? And that's how we preach it. But, that's how we but, think of it. And it's, it's not even that, that that's a bad message. It's just it's not. A good, it's a good moral message. It's, it's very good. It's yeah. very moral. It's a, but it's basically a Christian TED talk. You that's I mean? it's exactly like, right. It's, it's sort of truth, but it's not what the story is actually talking about. What the story is actually talking about, in, in my opinion, maybe would, yeah, go for it. would be, you know, David does something that the people couldn't do for themselves. And we're the, in, in the story, we're the Israelites. We couldn't, right. we couldn't do what David does for us. He overcomes Satan and death for us. Right. That's because right. we couldn't do it ourselves. We are helpless, just like all the other warriors. Because that, that's the thing that if you're reading that story, you have to think about is that 
David's not a warrior. He's a shepherd at this point. I'm sure he knew how to fight a little bit, whatever, but he didn't bring a sword. He didn't bring a shield. He went it with a slingshot and a stick. Why? Because those were the tools that he knew how to fight with. And he was just, he went out to do his job against a warrior when all of the other warriors, just like all the other, all of us sitting back doing nothing because we couldn't pay our debt ourselves. David, like Christ, goes and pays the debt that we couldn't pay ourselves. He defeats sin. In this case, he defeats Goliath, but that the Goliath in the story is Satan and death, right? Right. And that's, that's how that message should be preached, in my opinion. Right. So you're not David. You're not David. You, you are the, uh, the cowardly <laughs> Israelite who is frozen with fear on the battlefield who will not go and face Goliath because you can't take down Goliath. That's exactly. the point. That's exactly the point. It's not that you need God's help to take down the, the giant. It's that you can't defeat Goliath. And you are paralyzed there by fear. You are paralyzed there. You are stuck there. And without David's intervention, um, you would have been slaughtered. But then what happens? David comes. David fights the battle you can't fight. So Jesus comes. He fights the battle you can't fight. And then da- and, and then David kills Goliath, cuts off his head, Right. And then, and then it says all the Israelites, what happens then? Then they run and chase the rest of the Philistines away, right? So what happens now is, is we get to participate in the spoils of Christ's victory. What, That's the story. Yeah, which, which is shocking because I, I don't think very many people would read the story of David and Goliath and think post mill. But, like, <laughs> but there ex- it is. That's exactly what happens. Think of, think of what's the promise, the very first promise of the Messiah that the serpent would have his head crushed and David sinks a stone into the head of the serpent, right? Like that's right. The Bible's amazing because these things, it is one story by one author showing us a a picture of, of Christ and what he's done. That's right. Who's the, who is the snake crusher in in that? And, and, and the the picture is right. The serpent's head, the giant's head gets crushed by David, by the type of the Messiah, the guy who points to Jesus. And because he set his people free, like us, we can then go and crush the rest of the nation, taking the world for David. Boom. Damn. Okay, so there's David and Goliath. So there's there's one example. Don't you're not David. You are a uh, a cowardly Israelite. <laughs> David Christ is is David. Unless your name's David, then you're actually David, but you're not David. Yeah. David in the story. In the story. Right. Gotcha. Okay, here's another one. Uh, Jacob wrestles with God, <laughs> right? So how how does this message often get preached? Oh, you need. You, you argue with God until you get your, what you want. That, that this is, this is the prosperity. Like, yeah, this is, this is the text, like, right? You, you keep praying. You, you keep hold praying. on. You just, hold on to God, which is so God, vague. And God abstract, wants to bless you. You just need to have, uh, hold on to him. Yeah. Keep putting faith on him, brother. And you will get, you will get it. <laughs> Preach eventually. it. Pretty. That's Preach not it preaching. That's, that's, I don't know what that is, but that's, <laughs> that, that's a motivational talk. That's, yeah. If the other one was a Ted talk, this is a motivational talk. Yeah. The Ted um, talk is in at least is, is in heresy. Where yeah. like, so yeah. So oftentimes this gets, and even if it's not by prosperity preachers, oftentimes this, this gets, um, uh, hijacked by people who would say, no, no, you, you wrestle with God, whatever that looks like, right? Through prayer, you battle your past, right? Battle your demons, dig up all the darkness, like whatever, yeah. whatever those things are, you wrestle with God, you pray through those things with God, you, you meet with God, which are all like, just a side note here, like all such abstract stuff, right? Like our preaching ought to have much more tangible feet on the ground, hands in the, I was about to say hands in the poop. 
I'll, I'll say it. I'm, I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. So feet on the ground, hands in the poop kind of uh, application. Like, like, tell me what to do here. Not, you know, something vague, like go and wrestle with God. Go and, go and meet with God. Well, what does that mean? To me, that means go read your Bible, study God's word. But to other people, that might mean something completely different. Yeah. So it, it's vague and it's abstract. And then that whole, like, hold on to God until he blesses you. Right? Hold on to him until he blesses you. You got to cling on. Yeah. So, what's the story really about, Pootie? Well, the, I think there's I think there's a couple ways we can look at the, look at this one. The first the first is to clear up because there's a there's a confusing phrase in that story where it's about J- uh, Jacob overcomes because he like he beats the man in the wrestling match, which he doesn't beat the man. He overcomes because he learns to depend on the man totally. Right. The man in the story is supposed to be God. Jacob fights with him can't overcome him till the man cripples him. And then J- Jacob has no choice but to completely trust and completely hold on to the, to the person. So once we understand that side, that Jacob didn't over, didn't beat God because of his force of his will or anything like that, then the story becomes a little bit more clear. Well, and, and even, even if it doesn't become clear from there, you, like, let's start looking at, let's, let's take our eyes off this, this idea of wrestling for a second. And let's just look at what happens in the story. First of all, Jacob doesn't confront the guy. The guy confronts Jacob, right? So God's sovereignty is on display here in that God meets Jacob. Jacob doesn't go in and latch on to God. Um, so, so God's sovereignty is on display here. Um, there, there's also this idea... Um, I, I, I think that is, again, if we go right back to the, the promise, you, you brought up the, the Proto-Evangelium, right? The uh, Genesis 3.15, very first gospel. Um, the seed of the woman will crush the head of the snake and the snake will uh, wound his heel, right? And, and so here, what you see is you see a wounded warrior who overcomes, right? And so what happens is Jacob wrestles with God, at the end of the, the wrestling match, Jacob is wounded permanently, right? Permanently. He, he, yeah, he limps for the rest of his life after this encounter. And so I think the way we ought to read this story is not, you're Jacob, you need to wrestle with God until you get your blessing. But again, Jesus is Jacob. What's happening here? Jesus wrestled God on our behalf. Exactly. We get the blessing because Jesus wrestled with God. Jesus took the wrath of God on himself. Jesus was permanently wounded in our place in his interaction with God. Where And, and this is where that beautiful word propitiation comes, right? The etymology of that word is that you come in between um, something. You come in between a, a strike or a blow or a death blow of some kind. And so the idea is that Jesus comes in between us and the wrath of God. And so... The story here is Jesus wrestles with God so that we get that blessing. He's wounded, right? Just like the uh, Genesis 3.15 says, he'll wound your heel, right? Here, Jacob Jacob gets his, uh, his hip dislocated and walks with a limp forever. And we know even post-resurrection that Jesus showed the wounds in his side and his hands to his disciples. He was wounded forever because of uh, wrestling with God on Calvary on our behalf as our substitute. So again, we're, what we're seeing here is that this is supposed to point us to Christ. This is supposed to point us to the gospel. And when we insert ourselves into the the shoes of the hero of the story, we kind of miss it completely. Absolutely. So we're not Jacob. We're not David. No, no. 
Are we anyone? <laughs> well, okay. And so let, let's just fly. I don't know if you have any more because we kind of talked about, those are the two that we kind of talked about uh, we were going to bring up. But like Joseph is another one, right? So like this, the story of Joseph is that his brothers sell him into slavery, right? He, he ends up in Egypt and he spends time in jail and then he interprets the Pharaoh's dream and he gets promoted to the right hand of the Pharaoh, the second in command uh, of all of Egypt. And then what happens is uh, his brothers, along with you know all the Israel, uh, all, all of the the family of Jacob, um, are are all victims of this famine that's going on. And so they have to go to Egypt and they have to essentially ask for food. And Joseph has the power of either giving them food or not giving them food. If he doesn't give them food, they have no food. It's a famine. They're going to die. <clears throat> and uh, and so we we know the story of Joseph. And so often, again, when I hear this preached, what is it? Joseph's brothers hated him. They, they sold him into slavery. And at this moment, he has an opportunity to choose whether or not he forgives, right? Who do you need to forgive? What do you need to, uh, you know, and, and that's kind of the emphasis. Again, what are you doing? You're becoming the hero of the story. You're becoming the Joseph. And will you be a big enough man? Will you be a big enough person, a strong enough person to forgive the people who wronged you so horribly? Yeah, again, not a, not a bad message. Not just, a bad message. A moral just, message. Exactly. A, mor- a moral message. We are told to forgive. Yeah. But not what that story is pointing us to, right? right. Like that, that's, that's a story of forgiveness, but it's of God's forgiveness, right? Like, um, so it's just one of those things. Another one that I, that I think people get wrong, and I've heard this preached luckily not in your church <laughs> so yeah let's, let's be clear here no no you have never said this but noah noah is one that people are always like oh i'm noah god sheltered me from right all the all the storms in the world well the w- wicked around me all perished yeah god's kept me where it's like no 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 jesus is she noah is jesus shielding us from god's wrath right like he is our salvation only because he's shielding us from the fact that God's wrath needs to be shielded. Uh, we need to be shielded from God's wrath. Right. Noah's another one that people don't get right. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and again, so those are the things, right? So you look at Noah and the ark that he built and how the ark, you know, uh, was salvation for Noah's family, right? Who, who didn't do anything to deserve uh, being sheltered from God's wrath, but were spared because of God's mercy. And, uh, and again, so Joseph, we talked about Joseph. Well, well, Joseph, again, a type of Christ, someone who essentially dies, right? I mean, he was, he was sold into slavery and, and, and all this, his family thought he was dead. They, they, they couldn't believe that he was still alive. And what happened was he ascended to the right hand of Pharaoh, who considered himself God, right? Ascended to the, the second most powerful person in the world at the time, right? Jesus, the second member of the Trinity, who saves us because we don't have the bread of life. We don't have the eternal water. So we come to him and and in him we find forgiveness. So in all of these stories, you you place Christ at the center of them and they they make us love and appreciate the gospel more. And that's what the Bible should do. It is the story of redemption. It is the story of Jesus. And when we just put ourselves in the shoes of the people who are in the story, then we make them morality tales, like Aesop's fables. And so they're only good for the small morality lesson that we learn from them, and they're not good for anything deeper. And we know that it's, the gospel is, is the power to, of God to salvation. So if you're preaching these messages, if you're talking about these stories, which in, whether it's children's church or, or adult, adult church, um, the, the idea is, is that if you're not getting to the gospel, you're not 
allowing for an opportunity for somebody to hear, turn, and repent, right? And place faith in Jesus Christ. Exactly. Um, another one that I, I was thinking of was uh, was Jonah, right? Jonah. Yeah. So well, again, the story of Jonah is always like, what are you running away from God for, <laughs> right? And all that kind of stuff. God has great plans and great purposes for you. And, and Jonah kept running away from God and God in his mercy spared Jonah and all this kind of stuff. And again, there's there's some good in that. There are ways that we run away from God. There, there are ways that we can identify with Jonah. Jonah. When I was studying through and preaching through Jonah, one of the things that I identified in his heart that I thought we should all identify with was was the bigotry, right, and the uh, uh, and the deep seated bias that was in his heart about not taking the gospel to a Gentile nation. But it, but ultimately, who's Jonah? Who's Jonah here? Swallowed by the whale in the belly of the fish in Sheol. It says the fish went down into Sheol, into the grave for three days and for three nights, and then is spit up on shore from this fish. Who experienced death three days in the grave and resurrection? Jesus did. And so we, and, and, and oftentimes when we're preaching through this, we make that illusion because Jesus himself, he pointed back to that and he said, you, you know, uh, just as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the fish, so too the Son of Man will be in the belly of the earth. So he makes that illusion and, and preachers will preach that. But then again, you become Jonah again when it gets back to when he gets spit up on shore. Now, who are you supposed to go and preach to? Who are you? What are you called to be faithful to? No, no, no. Jesus died on the cross, spent three days in the grave, rose again, and through that uh, death, burial, resurrection, and eventual ascension, the Gentiles are now able to come to repentance and faith. And that's what we see in Jonah. He, he then preaches to the Gentile nation of, uh, of Nineveh, and the entire nation believes. You want to go post mill on that one there, Pooty? <laughs> I, I don't think we even have to. We can just do the dot, 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 yeah. fill in the blanks. Just people. go read Jonah. <laughs> there you go. But it, it's funny. It's funny to me, though, like when we're when we're talking about that, it's like so often we we mentally want to do like that thing where we do separate the, the testaments almost to the point where we're like, oh, the old how does the Old Testament tie into the story of Christ? And we understand prophecy and stuff like that, but we don't. We don't think of the fact that it's all one story. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like I, you, so you said true. recently that the the even the testament break is man made. Yeah, I mean it is one story, and so the challenge then is to be able to read stories like Jonah that don't, you know, on the surface you have to think about it. You do have to work through some of these things to get to see Christ in these stories, and that's one thing I think the big lesson that I think we we need to communicate here today is that. Read the read the Old Testament looking for Jesus. Yeah, totally. It's all his yeah. story. Um, and yes, there are things that we can we can gleam and there are there are principles and good moral teachings, but it's a story of Christ and yeah. what Amen. he's done for his church and his people. Yeah. Amen. So and so like I, another one that I always think of is uh Hosea. Hosea, so, Hosea yeah, yeah. Uh, Hosea. Did I say yeah. that wrong? Yeah. No, no, you got it. We 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 wanna be it's the same thing. We wanna be him in the story, you know forgiving people, letting our brothers and sisters who right. continue to sin yeah. against us back into our lives. Well, it's like, no, no, no. We're the ones continually yeah. sinning. We're against. Gomer. <laughs> we're, we're, yeah. you're, the, you're the unfaithful prostitute. Exactly. And, and it's funny because we get that principle in all, in a lot of diff- yeah. other different stories, the whores of Babylon. We, we understand ourselves as the rebel nation against, against God. We understand Once that. Once we get to the new Testament. Exactly. Yeah. But we don't see it unless we actually understand to put all of the pieces together, right? Yeah. That yeah. goddess Hosea, 
purposely buying us back, even yeah. though we don't deserve it in any way, shape, or form. No. Because what's the what's the punishment for what Gomer does? Yeah. Death, 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 seven times over. Yeah. And uh, and and interestingly, Hosea uh, goes to the length. So Gomer has not only been repeatedly unfaithful, not only repeatedly um, uh, given birth now to children outside of wedlock that Hosea raises as his own. Um, but eventually she goes and gets herself um, in, a, in a situation of bond servant or slave where Hosea has to go and actually buy his own wife back. And, uh, and again, the, the, in, that, in that story, right, uh, talking about Israel. Israel is the unfaithful wife that God is going to woo back to himself and the true Israel will become his, his true bride. Um, but there, right, who, who's Hosea in that story? Right? Find Jesus there. And, uh, and Jesus is Hosea, you are Gomer, he bought you back. And, uh, and so I, and I, I just think that, um, you know, on the road to Emmaus, Jesus is walking with two disciples and it says that he, from, from Moses right through the prophets, he showed them all the things that pointed to himself. And so everything in the Bible, right? He is, he's Boaz, he's the kinsman redeemer. He is, you know, you go through over and over and over, um, Jesus is the hero of the story, not you. And so don't shy away from reading your Old Testament, um, but read these stories until you see Jesus there, until you see the gospel connection there. Because I promise you, if you're looking at your, your Bible through that lens, through those eyes, you'll find Jesus because he's the one that it's all about. Exactly. So I'm going to end this episode then with a life hack for you. Sure, yeah. So a lot of times we get, we get questions and we hear like, that's great. I just don't know how to, I just don't know how to do that. I don't know how to, I don't know how to find that answer. I yep. don't know how to, so put you on the spot here, Nate. When you come across something in scripture that you can't see Jesus in, yep. what do you do? Well, <clears throat> I think first of all, one of the first things that I do obviously is, uh, is pray, <laughs> pray, pray that God will help you, um, see the gospel connection there. Uh, help him uh, help you see Jesus there. Um, so I think uh, here, let, let me go through the, this way. Number one, just, just pray. If you're, if you're going through and you can't find Jesus in the particular text, uh, pray that God and the Holy Spirit reveal it to you. you. You have to remember that the Holy Spirit dwells inside you. So, um, pray about it. Number two, study the passage in its original context, right? So, uh, we, we walked through Philemon and one of the things you understand in Philemon, when you understand, okay, Onesimus is a runaway slave, runaway slaves deserved death, could have been put to death. That's where the gospel details start to show themselves. So study the passage in its original context and then look for connections and, and work to understand the broader context. So there's the specific context. Once you understand that, now say, okay, now how does it understand, how does it fit into the bigger story of redemption? How does it fit into the wider uh, context? And, and then I, I think, um, just think about the gospel and like I said, pray and keep reading until you find Jesus there. So understand the original context, fit it into the broader context and pray and ask for the Holy Spirit to help you. Yeah, those are much better answers than I was going to say YouTube it. Like, <laughs> yeah, you could do that too. <laughs> I would just like just YouTube. Honestly, for parents out there, here's a, here's a really quick, easy life hack. For parents out there, there's a book called the Jesus Storybook Bible. And, uh, and it uh, is written by Sally Lloyd-Jones. And it's really, really good at ending almost every story. So I was reading this to Quinn last night. And, uh, and uh, it talks about the story of Rachel and Leah. 
right? Rachel, the beautiful sister, Leah, the ugly sister. And, uh, and it, it, uh, so it goes through and, you know, Jacob loved Rachel. That's the, the wife he really wanted. And it talks about how, you know, nobody really wanted Leah, but that God cared for Leah and that God saw to it that, uh, she bore Jacob, the first son. In fact, the son of the promise Judah through whom the Messiah was going to come. And, uh, and it kind of connects those dots um, about how this story actually fits into the larger story of redemption because through Leah, not through Rachel, not through the, the pretty one, not through the, the, the one chosen by Jacob, but instead the, the ugly one who wasn't uh, appealing to anybody on earth but was appealing to God, chosen by God that uh, Jesus come through the line of Leah. And so again, it, uh, it's read that, that to your kids. It helps make some gospel connections for your kids as they're reading through these stories as well. Yeah. And if you're at a church that just preached the, um, God doesn't care what you look like. He still loves you anyway. Sermon <laughs> about Ra- Rachel and Leah. Just find a different church. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there you go. That's bad. Um, all right. Yeah, so there's uh, there's our episode today. Hopefully that helps you in your own devotion life. Uh, and hopefully as you continue to search scriptures, you'll find Jesus in a bunch of places you hadn't seen him before. You've been listening to the Rebel Alliance podcast, where we equip you to engage culture through a biblical worldview. Please take the time to subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast app, write a review, and leave a five-star rating. If you would like to see all of our content, which includes podcast episodes uploaded to iTunes each Wednesday, and short videos about engaging culture released on Facebook each Friday, please visit us online at rebelalliancemedia.com. We love hearing from you, so if you have questions, comments, or would like to suggest episode topics, send us a message on Facebook or email us at info at rebelalliancemedia.com. Thanks for joining us, and you may now consider yourself part of the Rebellion.